Come on, let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, that you're for us. You're not against us, God. And I thank you that you're speaking to our hearts right now. God, you're connecting our lives, our hearts, our destinies with our God-given purpose, Father. The purpose that you pre-wrote for us, God, so we can live abundant lives. Father, I thank you so much. You're such a good God. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, this is, I think, part six of Sons and Soldiers, right? I love this word. You know, it's one of those words that I believe is vital. I believe it's really vital because the Bible says that we're supposed to live saved and called. And, and even so, the Bible says that when we make certain that we are chosen and called of God, the Bible says, I believe it's in Second Peter, that we will never stumble. You see, there's something that's so powerful about being certain, confident, 100% sure that you were chosen of God, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Come on, that's why we sing it in church. I'm a child of God. And also, I am his child, but I also am called to rule and reign in life. You know when the Bible says he's the king of kings and lord of lords? Anybody ever heard that? He's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. And we go, yes, he's the king. Yes, he's the lord. Okay, but can we focus on the second half of that? Who are the kings that he's the king of? It's us. We are the kings that he is king over. That's why the Bible says that we are called to rule and reign. Can I get an amen? You see, that's how God's called us. He's given this, us this opportunity to reign like he does. He's teaching his family the family business. He's saying, come on, kids, let me teach you a thing or two about running things. Come on, amen. So the Bible says that you can uh, use your words and bind and loose and command and, and, and pray. And the Bible actually says, not to get into this, way off track of my notes, by the way. The Bible does say that, that greater signs uh, shall happen uh, uh, in you and through you. Greater signs than what? You know, that's a comparison. Greater than what? Greater than what Jesus did. You go, what? No way. Uh, the Bible says it. Jesus said it. He said you're going to do greater works than I've done. The church, is the church contains the power of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God, according to John 17. It's in you. It's in you. And see, that's what he wants us to, uh, to walk in, experience. See, I'm a son of God. I'm chosen by God. And I also know I'm a king. I, I, I'm called. I'm a soldier of God, thus sons and soldiers. See, it's important we know both of that. It's so important, and here's why. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. I know what I'm doing. I love that. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not abandon you, plans to give you the future you hope for. Plans. He's got it. You're, you're here on purpose for a purpose, church. Come on, amen. You have a purpose to fulfill. There are people that he's called you to reach. There are lives that need to be transformed in the presence of God. That's the calling on Living Word Northwest. That's who we are. We're here to reach people, touch lives, and make a difference. Everything else is details. Everything else is details. I'm here to reach people, touch lives, make a difference. Everything else is details. See, when you know your purpose, then you can stay on track with what you're called to do and not get caught up in things that you're not called to do or not get caught up in the details or the hows or the whys. How about we just do as much as we can with what we've got? Oh, come on, church. I'm here to reach people, touch lives, make a difference. That's our purpose. That's our purpose as a church. And see, what we have to understand is that God has a purpose for the church. God has a purpose for your life. 
He's got a purpose for your life. And it's so important that we understand it. Why? Because Ephesians 4.1 says this. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. If you're a world changer, act like it. Come on. Come on. If you're called to end suffering in the world, act like it. If you're called of the king, act like it. If you're called to start a business that's going to impact this world, act like it. Isn't that good? Walk worthy of the calling in which you've been called. See, see, Paul says that because he's saying this. Sometimes, you know, I said this last service. I'm going to say it again. I was, um, I am still, I've been a, a Bible teacher for a long time. Long, over 10 years now. Over 10 years. I did the math once, and I'm like well over 10,000 hours of preaching. Well over 10,000 hours because of this Bible school. I mean, it was way over, right? And I've had the privilege of seeing people, check this out now, seeing people come to me and say, you know, I feel called to be a pastor, but I'm just waiting for somebody to give me an opportunity. I want to lead. I want to serve. And my question is this, because I've seen it. I would just ask, who are you leading now? They say, Pastor Terrence, no, I mean, I want to be a pastor so that I can lead. And I'm like, wait, you don't need somebody to give you a title to help somebody. I'm sorry, you don't need somebody to give you a job or to give you a title or to be recognized before you reach out your hand and help somebody up, to lift them up. And matter of fact, what I kind of think is, is if you're not doing it now, it's probably because maybe you're not called to do it. Because if it was in you, you'd do it. Come on. Are you with me? I know there's probably somebody in here that, that there was just like a light bulb moment. Well, get to it. If you're like, wow, yeah, I'm called to help people. Get to it. Get to it. Don't wait for somebody else to give you permission to accomplish your purpose. Don't you know that you're the only person held accountable for your purpose? You know that you're never going to get to heaven and God talk, you, talk to you about your potential and you go, yeah, but uh, so-and-so didn't, uh, What? Let me show you the scripture right here. You can do all things through Christ who gives you. You, you, you can. Not if or but, well that. Come on, you can do it. Your purpose is for you. And it's for us to choose. See, we're called. He said, walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. John 16, verse 5, Jesus says, he gives us a little secret on how do we... Um, Walk this out. How do we walk this calling out? See, the first thing, you can't walk worthy of a calling you don't even know about. You can't walk worthy of a call that you don't know about. See, and this is, I think, the biggest hiccup when it comes to people accomplishing their purpose is that they're not sure what their purpose is. Either they just aren't, they don't know, or they haven't taken the time to know, but, but because they don't know what they're called to do, then they don't act like it. Come on. See, you got to know what you, could you imagine if you showed up uh, uh, to your job and, and you were given a promotion to be the boss, but nobody told you? You're just walking around, people are looking at you, you're like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? And they're like, we're just waiting for orders. Like, orders? <laughs> okay. You just get to work? Right? What is that? You're not walking worthy of the calling with which you've been called. You're not walking in it. You're not acting like it. You're not holding your, your countenance like it, right? You're not doing the things that are required of you. Are you with me, church? See, and I believe this so strong that there's a lot of people out there, they have this sense of, of, of man, I, I got to do something, I got to do something. But here's the thing, you've got to define your purpose before you can walk worthy of it. 
See, let me just say, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, but now I am going to him who sent me. That's a big deal because the disciples had a really sweet life with Jesus. Miracles, signs, wonders, walking on water, bread just coming out of nowhere, right? Come on. And he's like, I'm leaving. They're like, no. And he says this. He goes, and none of you ask me where I'm going, but because I said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. Ever say advantage. It is to your advantage that I go. I would have never thought that as a disciple. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm talking with Jesus. I got a problem. I ask Jesus. He gives me a parable. It's awesome. He goes, I'm leaving. I'm like, no way. And he goes, don't worry. It'll be better. Ah, you are Jesus. <laughs> what do you mean, right? And he says, not only is it better, it's to your advantage. Now, see, that word advantage is very key. It's very important. Because advantage is a purpose word. Advantage. No, no, no. Think about it. Advantage is a purpose word. Because if you have a purpose in life and you hear advantage, it means that you are going to have extra ability. Uh, uh, you're going to have a one-up on, on accomplishing what you're called to do. So he's talking to people of purpose. And they understand their purpose. What is their purpose? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's our purpose too. But definitely with the 12, because this is the beginning, okay? <laughs> Come on. They got to do it. And he's saying, listen, you're going to have an advantage in preaching the gospel about Jesus if I go. Come on, are you with me, church? Let's keep on hearing what he said. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Who's the helper? It's the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit gives us an advantage. We have it better even than the disciples did. We read about how awesome their lives were. Well, now that you have the Holy Spirit, God expects it to be awesomer. I know it's not a word. Come on. That's what God said. He said it's to our advantage. That means that we have power. We, 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 let's just keep going. Skip to verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes to you, he will guide you into some truth because we can't know it. All truth. All truth. Come on, church. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine, and he's going to give it to you. See, that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. You're a child of God. Which means you're an heir of God. That means all the stuff that God has belongs to you too. It's yours. The Bible says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Well, how do I get it, Pastor Terrence? I sure could use some of that streets of gold right now. Bills came in yesterday. <laughs> Come on. Come on, are you with me? That's very real. That's very real. Well, what did Jesus say? He said, the Holy Spirit will take of mine and give it to you. You say, well, it says disclose. Well, look at the Greek. He says everything. It's, it's going to take of the Father and give it to you. He's going to show it to you. He's going to lead you into all truth. Matter of fact, the Bible even says in another scripture that the Holy Spirit supplies the evidence that you are a child of God. You know what that means? That means when you walk this life and say, you know what, I have no fear because I'm a child of God, and the world goes, prove it. The Holy Spirit goes, I got that. Don't worry, don't worry about it. I got that. Here. Yeah, see that? It's favor. Get out of his way. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? 
See, the Holy Spirit supplies us evidence. The Holy Spirit will not only lead you uh, into uh, the power and give you the power and give you everything you need, but he shows you your purpose. Church, I believe that we have to understand our purpose. We've got to get this thing understood in our heart. We've got to really understand the seriousness of, of, of the purpose of God. Because here's the truth. If I don't say yes to my purpose, it doesn't just magically get done. Oh, come on, church. i got to say this again. If I don't say yes to my purpose, it doesn't just get done. You know, it's like the parable of the master and the talents where the, the, the steward goes, I don't want to do anything with my, ta- my talents. I just trust God. And the master comes back. He's like, don't worry. I'll steward it for you. <laughs> what? That's not the parable. <laughs> come on. I think the parable is the master gives you, he gives you your gifts and your abilities and your purpose, and he empowers you to do it, and then he just lets you do it. And he's saying, listen, I'm with you, and I'll grace you, and I'll empower you. You give me your natural, I'll give you my super, and we'll have a supernatural work. Come on, church. I heard Carl Lentz say it like this. It was an awesome message. He said, have you ever seen those power walkers at the airport, the people movers? You guys know what I'm talking about, the flat escalator? All right. <laughs> right? Have you ever been on it? And because and I've, I've seen this too, I had to laugh. Have you ever been on it when you've got a lot of stuff and you're like, you know, on it and you're moving and sometimes you could just stop and chill, but you're still making progress? And then you look at the other people, not on the people mover, with all their kids sweating, like yelling, like, come on, come on, we're going to miss our flight. And you're going to like the same gate and you're just like, why aren't you on this people mover? <laughs> come on. I don't know. Some people get freaked out. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying, when you're on the people mover, it's just you get there a lot faster, a lot easier. Come on, are, are you with me? We're going to the same place. You know, get, get, get on the power. That's what the Holy Spirit's like. you got a destination. Get on the power source, right? Yeah, you got to get on it, and yeah, you can walk, but you're going to get there a lot quicker, a lot faster with a lot less sweat. Come on, amen. See, let's just look at this. Let's go to Judges chapter 13 because we got to understand our purpose, and we got to understand the Holy Spirit's role in our purpose. See, this is a really interesting story. How many of you guys, by show of hands, know about the life of Samson? Just raise your hand. Life of Samson, lift up your hands. Life of Samson. Oh, man, that's a lot of people in here. Okay, good, good, good. The life of Samson is whack. Sorry, I'm just going to say it as it is. Have you read it? I mean, it is whack. This guy, it's just, and I'm not judging him. I'm just like, man, that sucks, right? Because you see this guy, it's like he, he just, he's, he's anointed. He's got strength. And then also he's just wandering around. He's just like, it's like the life, read it yourself. When, they, when he starts his grown man life, it's like then Samson was walking around. And he was like, mm, I need a wife. And so he finds a Philistine. He's like, hey, mom, dad, uh, you know, get that girl over there. I want to I marry her. And they're like, the Philistines? We're at war with them. They oppress our people. You ever thought about somebody else maybe? He's like, nah, she looks good to me. I quote that, right? She looks good to me. They're like, all right, Samson. So Samson, and he's doing all this. I mean, like, Samson gets in the weirdest fights. He, like, kills all these people with a jawbone, right? He's just freaking out. He's anointed and strong and, and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, he's eating honeycomb out of a, a car- carcass, I think, even, or something like that. You know, I mean, it's just weird stuff, right? He even ties foxes' tails together and lights them on fire to send a message. Like, dude, you got a lot of time on your hands. It's not a Petco. It's not like he was like, hey, can I get 50 foxes, please? No, he had to go catch these foxes, tie their tails together, light them on fire, and he's like, yeah, 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 I'm Samson. 
Samson, look at that. I'll do that to you too. You know, it's like, Samson, chill, right? The craziest part about Samson's life, okay, and if you've read it, you get it, is Samson and Delilah. Come on, anybody, anybody think that story is just whack, okay? Like, because I'm just saying, like, if I put myself in Samson's shoes for a moment, just hit puberty again, sorry, right there. And, uh, and I'm like with Delilah, okay, and, 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 okay, everything goes down, and she tries to kill me. I'm not coming back. <laughs> this was the part that I never understood. I was with Samson. I was like, yeah, man, Samson, I understand. We can miss it sometimes. Yeah, Samson, we can go crazy sometimes. But that Samson and Delilah story didn't make sense to me. If you guys don't know it, I'm going to just tell you a quick summary of the Samson and Delilah thing. Samson gets with Delilah. Are y'all with me? Okay, right? There's kids in here. <laughs> so the night after, you know, Samson's like, hey, what's up, Delilah? Delilah's like, hey, how did you get your strength? I mean, because, you know, how do you lose it? You're pretty, uh, pretty strong. And he's like, and he's messing with her, right? He's messing with her. The first time he, he says something like ridiculous, like, you know, it's something like, you know, if there's cobwebs in my hair and stuff and it braided a weird way, you know, it just saps me of my strength. She's like, oh, okay, good night, right? He falls asleep. All of a sudden the door busts open. All these Philistines are like, kill him. And he's like, oh, and his hair's like all weaved up in spider webs. He looks over at Delilah. Delilah's up. She's like, oh, hey, <laughs> Philistines are here. And he like breaks it and he like kills him. Look, Delilah, what? She's like, I don't know. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Samson's like, bet, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Church, it happens like three times. He gets with Delilah. Delilah said, What's the secret of your strength? He tells her a whack secret, like not even real. Like, I don't know. I can't even remember him for some reason. Anybody, you got any more? What, what? I don't know. I should have looked that one up, huh? But. But, but, but she tells him something completely whack. The Philistines come in. Yeah, tie with the ropes. That's right. Yeah. So he's all, like, he's, yeah, if you tie me with these ropes, these, these fresh ropes, right? He sleeps. Delilah's like, Samson, the Philistines are here. He wakes up. He's tied up. Oh, convenient, Delilah. The Philistines come, and he's like, Poof. yeah, it wasn't it. He kills them all. He's like, Delilah. What the heck? You trying to kill me? She's like, babe, no. Are we on for tomorrow? He's like, bet. I'll see you tomorrow. Right? He's like, Samson. All right, this is the kicker, church. This is the kicker, okay? Because there's one night where Delilah, like, freaks out. And she's like, I don't know why you keep lying to me. This is Delilah's voice. I found it in the Greek. It means, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> why you keep lying to me? You know, I just, you don't trust me with your secrets. And Samson's like, Samson, you think you'd be like, because you're trying to kill me. Every night, somebody breaks into my room and does what I tell you, right? You'd think, you would think. He's like, babe, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry, I trust you, babe. With me to the end, babe. Like, here's the thing. I trust you in my secrets, all right? Surely nothing's going to happen, if you cut my hair, that's how I lose my strength. She's like, I was just curious. All right, good night. Right? <laughs> he falls asleep. Delilah wakes up, cuts his hair. She's like, babe, the Philistines. Oh, it's coming. My hair. 
The Philistines capture him, gets taken away. Why? Does anybody think this is just complete nonsense? This is just nonsense. This is one of the Bible stories I just was like, ah, I just, no way. It ends with the Philistine putting out his eyes. They're mocking him. They're like, where's your God? Who do you think you are? And Samson, he's tied up, and he just says, God, please don't let these people mock you or mock me. Give me my strength back so I can end this. He pulls down the pillars, kills all the Philistines because God gives him his strength. It's called grace. Come on, amen. (laughs) Grace. But I'll have to say this. I don't know about you. I want to accomplish my purpose, but I do not want to have to live a life like that to get here. Come on, amen. Come on, can I get an amen on that? No, no, I think there's a freer way to live than to, come on, stumble on your purpose like that. Did y'all know, and I never knew this, I had to, this was like news to me. Did you guys know that they, they explained the reason why Samson was just so oblivious to everything? You know the Bible explains it before that? I never really heard this preached, but let's go to Judges 13.3. It says it like this. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman, this is Samson's mom, and said to her, Behold now, you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Now let me just tell you something. Samson's mom and dad were barren up to this point, and and an angel shows up and says you're going to have a son. Now, the children of Israel are currently oppressed by the Philistines because Israel keeps worshiping false gods. They keep messing up. God says, go right. They go left, and and, and they don't repent, so they find themselves enslaved to another nation. Not the plan of God for Israel. Can I get an amen on that? So they cry out to God, God, help us. Help us, help us, help us. And God's answer is Samson, a judge, right? And so he goes to, to, to this man and woman, and he says, you're going to have a child. This is what the angel says. You're going to have, you're going to have a child. And then um, where are we at? Verse 4. Therefore, be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. So now the angel is telling the mom how Samson is going to walk worthy. He says it to her, and then later on he says, and I don't want Samson to do this either. He's, oh, let me just keep going now. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now, you see the lifestyle, right? No alcohol, no razor to the head, right? No unclean thing. The angel is describing how to walk worthy and then says, church, it says right here, we got to make sure we see this, uh, um, and, this is verse 5, and he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Purpose. Walk worthy of the call. What was the walk worthy? Here's the lifestyle for Samson, right? you got to allow God to define your lifestyle. Don't, don't compare your lifestyle to everybody else's lifestyle. They're not called to what you're called to, right? You can't begin to compare your lifestyle with other people's lifestyle because what is your purpose, right? What is your purpose? The way you walk worthy correlates to your purpose. Come on, amen. So we have the lifestyle, and then what do we have at the end? Purpose. He's going to deliver Israel from the Philistines, right? So let's keep going here. 
um, where are we at? Verse 6. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. And <laughs> this is really weird. And I did not ask him where he came from, nor did he tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and now you shall not drink wine or strong drink. You guys remember this? This already said it, all right? Nor eat any unclean thing, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. And, oh, wait, there's no and. Church, did she miss something? I think she missed a big part of why he was supposed to live that lifestyle. Because without purpose, that lifestyle just looks like burden. So what does Manoah say? See, we wonder, why does Samson just seem like a, a, an idiot? What is going on? Then Manoah entreated the Lord, Samson's dad, and says, O oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you have sent come to us again, that he may teach us what to do for the boy who is to be born. Because having a supernatural baby and a list of requirements is great, but why? You want to know why he's praying it? Because his wife never shared with him the purpose. Check this out. Verse 9, God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly, told her husband, Behold, the man of God that, that was with me the other day has appeared to me. Verse 11, Then Manoah arose and followed his wife, and when he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said this, listen, Now when your words come to pass, what shall be the boy's mode of life and his vocation? Translation, what's his purpose? What's his purpose? Why is he here? And you know what? Next verse. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the woman pay attention to all that I said. Everything. You would think the next verses... Were Manoah's wife telling, well, you know, I kind of left up a big part. He's supposed to deliver us from the hands of the Philistines. It never happens. She never says a word. She talks about the lifestyle. She talks about the, the long hair. She never reveals his purpose. And guess what? Not only does Manoah, not only does Samson not hear it from his dad, which is a big deal, Samson never hears it at all. You see a man that's living a very random lifestyle. He's caught up with women when he goes away. He's caught up in these parties. He's caught up with tying foxes together. I don't know if anybody relates to that, whatever. But he's caught up in weird things. But it's not that Samson was just a dummy. Samson was a man without purpose. Samson was a person that didn't understand why they were alive on planet Earth. And it's interesting to me, and I've seen, it my, I've seen it in the youth ministry, I've seen it in my life in the ministry, that you see Samson flirt with his purpose. He's always there and has beef with the Philistines. He's like, man, I don't like those guys. Something about them just, I feel like I could just take them all out. Something about it just makes me so upset. I remember talking to a guy who didn't understand his purpose. He was like, how do I know what I'm called to do? And I remember we were talking, and he was so passionate. I was like, what do you do? And he told me what he does for his job. And he was, I was like, well, what do you think about? And then he told me something absolutely phenomenal. He said, when I'm sitting down and I'm doing my job, I just can't stop thinking about the injustice in the nation. 
All these programs and all these things that are help, called the help society and they're not working and we could fix it if we did that and we could fix it if we did that and we could fix it. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't know what you're called to do? He's like, no, I'm just passionate about it. <laughs> Stop. I was like, I know people that do the same job that you do. The same job that you do. And they don't think about what you're thinking about. They think about nothing. <laughs> I know because I asked them afterwards, like, hey, what do you think about when you're doing that job? They're like, nothing. I was like, oh, I thought so. Come on. See, a good indication of what you're called to do is what do you burn for? What are you passionate about? What's that fire in your heart when you see it, you just go, man, that makes me, mm. You see, because we don't have to rely on an angel from heaven to come down and tell us our purpose. We don't even have to rely on our mom and dad to tell us our purpose. But moms and dads in here, please tell your kids their purpose. Come on, amen. We have the Holy Spirit that will disclose all things to us, including your purpose, including why you're alive here on planet Earth. Church, if we aren't accomplishing our purpose, what are we doing here? We're eternal beings. Our home is heaven. I have a mansion. The Bible says that Jesus is personally building me a mansion. That's my destiny. That's our home. We're visitors here. If we don't know our purpose, what are we doing here? You see, we're here for a purpose. Yes, God is our Father. Yes, God, has a, he's our home. His kingdom is our home. Yes, we're, we're, we're sons of God, but we're soldiers of God. But we're soldiers on a mission. Our corporate mission, reach people, touch lives, make a difference. But you have an individual purpose that you have to be connected with. You have an individual purpose that you have to say yes to. Whoa, Jesus, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Come on, Amen. Listen, I got to say this because this is so important. So many times, and I agree with this, we hear this. God has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. That's scripture. Jesus remembers your sin no more. That's scripture. I believe that. He's removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. He said it is finished. I believe that. Church, is that true? That's the word, right? But then, but then, and I started off the series by saying this. But then we see the scripture in Revelation where Jesus is talking to the church and you know what he says? You know what he says? He says this to the church. Jesus says this to the church at Ephesus. But I have this against you that you have left your first love. That's a sin. Jesus is talking to the church about something they're doing wrong. And listen to this. He says this, you've left your first love, therefore remember where you have come from or where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Church, there is no contradiction here, even though it seems like it. How does he remember my sins no more but then write seven letters to seven churches talking about what they're doing wrong and how they could do it better? How do you reconcile that, church? Sons and soldiers. Let me say this. Legally, God is a judge. And anything that comes into his kingdom must be perfect. And legally, none of us could ever come into his kingdom unless our sins were paid for. So legally, the Father cannot let us into the kingdom just because he likes us. 
we don't get into the kingdom or we don't even get promoted because we are family or potential family or he loves us. That's not just. Could you imagine if a judge let somebody off the hook because he's like, well, that's my, that's my nephew. That's my nephew. Yeah, but he murdered somebody. That's my nephew. I don't care. He's, he's good. That's not, that's not, that's evil. Church, are you with me? God can't save you because he, because he wanted to. He saved you because Jesus paid the price. Paid the price for what? For your sin, for your faults, for your failures, for my failures, for all of our mistakes. Jesus paid the price legally. And every single time, you know the devil's called the accuser of the brethren? Every single time your conscience tries to condemn you, say you're not good enough, you messed up, you're a screw-up, or the devil tries to bring an accusation, accusation in your life, sickness, disease, tries to put that on you, Every single time in that court case between the Father, the devil, and you, you will be found not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. Do you believe it? There is no record of wrongs that could come against you in terms of you coming to God. Come on. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed, church. God has removed your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. You can freely come into the throne of God to the kingdom of heaven God has removed your sin from you church if you don't choose your purpose then it doesn't get done if you miss it God wants to talk to you about that not because he's holding it against you but because he wants you to rule and he wants you to reign that's why he said to this church remember your first love I've heard that priest that that was God they, they left their first love from God but you know what I think I think they left their first love for the people I think things got, if you look at it in context, their church got so, so big that they just got caught up in the bigness of it that they forgot about the mission. And he said, remember people. Remember your first love. Remember compassion. Remember, come on. Just remember. Because if you don't, what does he say? I'm just reading the Bible here. Come on, church. What does he say? Or else I'm coming to you and I will remove your lampstand out of its place. That's influence. What did Jesus say about light? He said, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill. Let men see your good deeds and glorify God. He said, listen, if you're not going to be an influence, then we'll find somebody else that can. Church, are you with me? God wants to talk to you about your life in a loving, gracious, favorable way. But we have to say yes to our purpose. Here's the good news, church. And I'm going to end it with this. Are y'all getting something out of this? It says this in the Bible, Philippians 2.12. It says this, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That just simply means that you're a perfect being. Your spirit is a perfect being. And work it out from the inside out. People can't see your spirit. They see your actions. They see your deeds. They see your words. They see your kindness. Come on. Can I get an Amen. So the Bible's saying this, if you're going to make a difference on planet Earth, take the salvation on the inside and bring it to the outside. And it's going to be tough because you have a flesh. But check this out. This is what God says. He says this, for it is God who is at work both to will and to work for his good pleasure. See, you don't have to look for some self determination or to get amped up about the call of God in your life and the things that you want to accomplish. Your purpose 
You don't have to get all amped up and try to do it yourself. You know what? You can trust that God is doing a work in you, and you can say yes to the work. When he says walk in love, you say yes. And it's going to be hard work, but he's going to take your natural and his super and make it supernatural. Come on, amen. He's with you. And just because it's hard doesn't mean that you, that, you, that you have to be all stressed out and freaked out. You can be at peace in the presence of God. Come on, amen. He even said it, my yoke is easy, easy, my burden is light. God is at work in me. See, I can't accomplish my purpose apart from his ability, but I know I can accomplish his purpose within his ability, in me. Amen. Church, we got to know our purpose. This is something that we have to understand. If you could just bow your head and close your eyes right now, because... I just believe the Holy Spirit's doing something right now in our hearts and in our minds right now. Church, I want us to make a decision right now that we are going to take our purpose in life seriously. The call on our life seriously. See, there's things that God wants to show you. He doesn't want us to live like Samson, just doing random things and just trying to survive. Live, eat, breathe, work, repeat, live, eat, work, repeat until we die. Are you kidding me? That's not the plan of God for your life. It's not the purpose of God. He wants to talk to you about your purpose. Church, I'm going to do something a little different this morning, but every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to do two things. If you're in here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Terrence, nobody looking around, nobody looking around, just keep this moment between you and God. You're saying this, Pastor Terrence, I really feel like I am not living my purpose. I feel like I forgot, like Samson, I forgot, but you know, I'm not living it. And and I don't know it or whatever, I just have not taken it seriously. I want you to know two things. One, all you have to do is come boldly to the throne of grace because you can. You're a child of God and he will empower you to do it. He's a lot like GPS. If you're off course, he will reroute you to get you back on track. You can get back on track. That's what grace is all about. Not by your efforts, but by his grace. If you're in here and you're like, man, I need to take my purpose way more seriously in life. I just need to pursue God and hear it. What I want you to do with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you can just do something real quick. Jesus said in Revelation, just repent. And all repent means is you're you're turning from the wrong way and you're turning to the right way. That's it. You're just saying, I was going one way and now I'm going to live differently by the power of his grace. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, can you just raise your hand and say, you know what? I'm lifting my hand right now because I want to live my purpose and I repent. I'm simply getting on track with my purpose. I want to know it. I want to live for for God. I, I just, whatever that looks like for you, just lift up your hand right now to the Lord and just say, I'm receiving, I'm, you're receiving grace. This is an acknowledgement saying, you know what? I was off track, but not anymore. It's an act of humility. It's just an act of humility right now. Nobody's looking around. I'm not even going to look around at the hands right now. I just want you to know it's between you and God. It's between you and God. If that's you, just lift up your hand. I'm going to say a prayer right now. Father, right now, we come boldly to your throne. And we know that we're called. You said in your word to live saved and called. You said in your word, Father, to make certain about our calling and your choosing of us. So Father, right now, we come boldly to your throne and we receive mercy right now. And we just search, we just seek you, God, for the grace that you have for us to help us get our lives back on track. Father, if there's anything 
that has kept us from our lives, any, any, anything distracting us, any uh, whatever, Delilah's even, keeping us from our lives, Father. I, I thank you, God, you would remove those from our lives. We just quit that. We quit that. And we just draw close to you. Whatever it could be, it could be anything, anything. We draw near to you, Father. And we just declare that we are people of purpose. We receive your grace. We receive that mercy right now. And I thank you, God, by your power. We will fulfill all that you've called us to do in Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. You can put your hands down right now. Come on, can we just praise God right now? I know there were hands all throughout this building. I was looking up. Hands went up everywhere. I looked back down, you know. Come on, amen.